Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. See, man. Wonderful. Well, today I want to preach, I want to continue um, on my series. I want to, today, today is the final session on my series on seven great principles. Okay, today is the final one. Final. If it's your first time, I'm sure you are wondering, why did they start without me? <laughs> That's how life is. Okay. He who last last did not get the joke early. But I believe that God will bless you. Amen. I've shared so far 42 principles about salvation. Principles on salvation. Principles on seven principles on salvation. Seven principles on great change. Keep adding, okay? Seven principles on a peculiar life. Seven principles of, on a supernatural life. Seven principles on fruitfulness. Seven principles on what again? spiritual growth and today i'm sharing seven great principles on establishment hallelujah if you put all together successfully you should get 49 great principles for your christian life oh you missed a good place to say amen i mean what church or what lecture will you go to that the lecture will give you 49 different principles and each principle is detailed in eight weeks put your hands together for jesus come on do it all right first peter chapter 5 verse 10 and we can go from there says but the god of all grace who had called us unto his eternal glory by christ jesus after ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, settle you. Hallelujah. God wants to settle you. Some of you have unfinished business somewhere, but God wants to settle you. May God settle you. It says, after you have suffered for a while, after you've struggled for a while, after you've tried for a while, that he himself will make you perfect. The word perfect means complete. Complete, you make it complete. The word start, then establish. The word establish is an old word for established. God is trying to establish you. I'll explain that to you soon. And then it says, settle you or strengthen you and settle you. To be established means to, to make something stable. God is trying to make you stable. I said, God is trying to make you stable. To be established means to become permanent. God is making you a permanent Christian. You will not backslide in the name of Jesus. I seal your Christian walk in the blood of Jesus. May you never fall away. May no wind blow you into the bush. May you always be striving and be pressing and be moving forward until the day you lie down in your grave. May you still be found in Christ. If you believe it, say amen. amen. To be established means to be to be settled in your position. To be settled in your position. It also means to, to, you are accepted and recognized. Amen. Somebody who is established or established means you are accepted and recognized. And the final one, it means to gain control of something. Amen. So God establishes people. He makes them permanent, stable, and settled. May this be your story. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As we read through the Bible, we see examples of people that God settled. One example is, David, uh, let's even start with Samuel. Samuel, God established Samuel as a prophet of the Lord. First Samuel 3 verse 19 and to 21 says, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, 
and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Remember, a prophet is somebody who prophesies something that is going to happen. One of the ways God settled him was to make sure that none of his words fell to the ground. It means anything he said came to pass. Anything he said came to pass. May God settle you in the job that you do. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself unto Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Amen. Great. God also established David to be king of Israel. Second Samuel 5. Verse 11 to 12 says, And in Hiram, and Hiram the king of Tyre sent messengers unto David, and cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons, and they built David a house. May God send somebody to help you. And David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel. And that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel. Seek. Hallelujah. So we see from this scripture that God even sent to, to establish people. God sends, when God is established, he sends help to you to let you know. So when David saw that masons have been sent to him, carpenters have been sent to him with, with, with trees and things to build a house for him, he perceived, which means he realized. That God has really established him to be king over Israel. May things happen in your life to ensure, to make you realize, to make you perceive, to make you understand that God has settled you. God has established you. May God establish you in your marriage. May he establish you in your job. May he establish you in every skill that you have. May he establish you in the gifts and talents that you have. Above all, may he establish you in the faith. In the faith. Hallelujah. One day I had a dream. In the dream I was in my office. As, as I, I was there, somebody was cleaning. As the person was cleaning, the person, there were pictures on the wall. Okay? Now as the person was cleaning, the person tipped one picture. There were two pictures on the wall. The person in the clean, they just made a mistake and they hit the picture. And one, the picture fell down and crashed. Boom. And I, it was happening behind me. So I got angry. I got off my chair. When I turned around, my picture was on, still on the wall. And one picture had fallen down. When I woke up, I knew God has established me to be the pastor of this church. Yeah. I knew. I knew. Without a shadow of doubt. This is like two, three years ago. Yeah. Now, establishment is governed by principles. Seven of them, which I want to give to you in the next 32 minutes. So come, let's fly. Principle number one, after you are born again, you must become established in the faith. I'm preaching from this book, Seven Great Principles, one of my favorite books of all time. I have a few favorite books. This is one of them, Seven Great Principles, very powerful book. Recently, a few days ago, somebody was telling, was recommending this book to me. Yeah, a man of God was recommending this book to me. I said, wow, I see, it's such a powerful book. It's, it's a blessing. It's good. It's fantastic. Then I said to the person, I'm in my final week of preaching this book. I've been preaching it for the past eight weeks. Above all, our chairman has come to have a camp on this book also in my council. You have seen the light, but you have seen it a little too late. <laughs> so he said to me, send me the audios of all the preaching you have done on this book. It's too powerful. Yeah. So principle number one, after you are born again, you must become established in the faith. Acts 16, 4 and 5, the Bible says, and they went through the cities and delivered unto them decrees for to keep. That, that were ordained by the apostles and the elders which were in Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. May this become the story of this church. The Bible says the churches, verse 5, were established in the faith and increased 
in number daily. Hallelujah. When you are born again, God expects you to be settled in the faith, to be established in the faith, to be strong in the faith. Paul said to Timothy, now therefore my son, be strong in the grace. Anything you are not strong in, you fall away when there's a trial. Anything, if you are not strong in the church, when there's a problem in the church, you fall away. If you are not strong in Christ, when there's a problem with your Christian life, which usually has to do with sin and offenses, you fall away. Amen. When there's a, let's, let's say you live next to the church, then you move to, um, no, 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 just here in Marisberg, but Sobantu, immediately you fall away. But if you are strong in the faith, you will not fall away. If you are strong. So God, God expects you to be strong in the faith. How do you become strong in the faith? It says the verse before, go back to the verse before, um, 16.4 It says And they went through the cities And delivered unto them The decrees for to keep What are the decrees? Like the teachings The teachings The teachings of who? The apostles and The elders who were at Jerusalem So the apostles and elders They were in Jerusalem But they had some teachings Amen And as they delivered it unto them It helped them to be ex- to as they delivered and they kept them, they established the churches. So this morning, as I'm preaching, I'm establishing you. I'm preaching from the decrees and the teachings, as you have them varying, varying de- decrees and teachings that are available here. Which this is one of. As I declare it unto you, and as I make it visible to you, and as I preach it to you, is leading to your establishment. In the faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at Timothy. It says, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, For this cause, that is with regards to the decrees, it says, For this cause have I sent Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord. It's a beloved son that you send to people. You don't send anybody at all. Because when you send anybody at all, that person will not do what you ask them to do. A beloved son accepts the agenda and the vision of the father. Very simple. An unbeloved son has his own plans. I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. So when they come, they come and say what they want to say. But somebody who is sent is supposed to go and say what he has been sent to go and say. I mean, imagine you sent um, your child to the shop. To buy bread. And when he gets to the shop, he says, I feel like buying biscuits rather. My mother doesn't know sweet things, so let me buy biscuits. And he uses your money to buy biscuits. Your money, your time, your opportunity you have given him to buy biscuits. Rather. Because he feels that, look, biscuits are nicer than bread. Most definitely, biscuits are nicer. Cake is nicer than bread. Yeah, if they had made cake first before bread, they would have never made bread. No, there's no way. They made bread, then as they were improving, they found they can make cake. Say, wow, but they had already made bread, so they have to keep making bread. Yeah. So he said, oh, I think, no, 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 I can't, Johnny. Cake is nice, so I'm buying cake, or muffins, or cookies. You know, you send them to go and buy bread. May you do exactly what God has sent you to go and do. So this beloved Samuel, who shall bring into remembrance my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Hallelujah. So as you hear God's word, you become established in the faith. Somebody say amen. amen. Principle number two. After you are born again, you will become established by telling the truth and being honest. The amen is delayed. He will last last. <laughs> he will last last. <laughs> he didn't get the joke. <laughs> you become established by telling the truth and being honest. Amen. 
Proverbs 12, 19, the Bible says that the lips of truth shall be established forever. But a lying tongue is bad for a moment. It says somebody who tells the truth will be established forever. But a person who lies is just for a short time. Somebody told me lies have short legs. I think it's, a, it's another translation of the Bible. Lies have short legs. Truth will catch up with it. It's just a matter of time. In the moment of the lie, you think you have outsmarted everybody, including the pastor. The pastor couldn't discern by prophetic inclinations that you were lying. But truth will catch up with it. Yeah. One day, I sat with two people who were in a relationship and I said, I said, are you sleeping together? As in to say, are you having sex? Do you see? They, they swore by the Bible and any book known to mankind. I've, this I've had, I mean, one of the decisions I've made, I pray that I pray, is to never ask people this question again. Reason is that people lie and that lie also, already you are living in sin. So you lie also, you add sin to sin. The Bible says, thou shalt not add sin to sin. So I don't want to, to dare you to add sin to sin. Do you understand? So I've, I've stopped asking this question. I just believe God and go for it. But these, these people, they swore by all things known to man that nothing, no, nothing, never. I saw they never. I said, lies have short legs. Truth will catch up with it. It was just a matter of time. When I noticed that the female version of the group started to gain advancement forward. I mean, she started, her body started to progress. That's called a lateral progress. Yeah. The body started to progress. It started to progress and protrude and extend from the bosom, the midsection of the frontal part of her body. So I just continued with my life that no, it's not true. But as time went on, the progression was more, more extensive, more visible. And it was good. So one day I asked, ah, I thought you told me that nothing but what? Do, do, do you understand? What does it mean? The long legs of truth caught up with the short legs of lies. So it's better, one of the key lessons I teach my children, tell the truth now and get into trouble. Do you see it? Uh-huh. Instead of lie, because it will catch up with you. It will catch up with you. Not without the use of the prophetic. No, let's not even bring prophetism into this one. That's how God has made the earth. A lip of, the lip of truth shall be established. So anybody who tells the truth becomes established. Because what you are saying is true. It, it's true. So you will become stronger in it. Telling of the truth. You see, or being honest. Or let me put it there. Telling the truth and being honest with yourself is a master key to spiritual growth. Ephesians 4, 15, the Bible says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. The him here is Jesus Christ. That we will grow up by telling the truth. We will grow up into Jesus, into him, even says, into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Amen. People who don't speak the truth don't grow spiritually. People who are not honest, honest with yourself. You see, if you are honest, I have a problem with stealing. Then when you come around to prevent you from stealing, we take all our things from there. So you will not sin. You will not be weak. We are helping you not to walk in sin. So you see, when it comes to sin, you are a winner. 
Not because you are even making a lot of effort. You just spoke the truth. Do you see it? So we protect you from sinning. But when you don't speak the truth, we just assume that, oh, all is okay. Then when you come and you leave, we notice that a couple of things have left with you also. Knowingly or unknowingly, but they have left with thee. It's like you are a magnetic field that draws these things after you. So when you depart, at thy departure, we realize that other goods and amenities have departed with thee. So if you have departed into Thessalonica, the things have also de- de- <laughs> <laughs> do, do you get it? I remember many years ago. Um, I don't know whether I should tell this story or not. I don't know if I have a lot of time. But many years ago, uh, will you be here next week? God willing. So let me tell this. If we don't finish, next week we'll finish it up. Now, many years ago, we're in the university. I think it was second year or first year. Second year. Now, these boys had come from, from the UK and they had come. It was those days when mobile phones were coming out fresh. We, we went to university many years ago. Okay, not today's Google-assisted university. Okay, those days. Now, so it, mobile phones were now coming in vogue that people were now getting. So these boys, when they came from the UK, they came with their mobile phones. And this girl went to visit her friends. Now, when she saw the mobile phone, she... She was so excited about the mobile phone. So she, the boys were just excited and then they went out of their room. When they came back, they couldn't find the phone. They couldn't, one of them couldn't find his phone. Not knowing this girl had picked the phone and had put the phone um, below zero. I mean, she took the phone and the phone, I don't know how to say it, below zero or down below. Or let me say it now. She put the phone par ezanzi. She put it ezanzi. Do you get it? Uh-huh. I mean, she made the phone like a menstrual pad. She put it par ezanzi. So now, so the boys started to look for, for, for the, the phone. They were looking for the phone. They couldn't find the phone. So they decided that, oh, there's a simpler way to find the phone. Let's call the phone. So they dialed the phone. Now, in those days, we didn't have, you see, it goes to voice. They were now developing the technology or technology. So we didn't have, um, no, no, not even silence. Like when it rings twice then or three times, then it will go to voicemail. We didn't have anything like that. So the, one of them just, oh, let's call the phone. And they said, oh, brilliant idea. Then they called the phone. Then the phone started to ring. No, it's not that. that, that the ringtone. Nokia had this ringtone. That's what Mozart, ne? Is it Mozart? Yeah, he had Mozart. That. So they called the phone. Then he rang. Then the guy realized, oh, it's ringing around this side. So he started to come this way. Panana, panana. Please. Oh, please, please, please. It's Sunday morning. Oh, it's in your bag. Oh, it's not there. Panana, panana. They couldn't find the phone. But it didn't stop. So it rang again. So, panana, 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 panana. so oh, I think you are sitting on it. Please, can you? Please, please, please. Lady pastor, please. Uh-huh. Can this? Then they look. Was still ringing. Panana, panana, panana. Say, ah. They said, Oh, please stand this side so we can look for Panana. Then they realized that their sound had gone this way. Hey, they, Panana, nana, nana. check under the wig in the nose mask. It's not there. And the thing was still ringing. So all the boys decided, Let's keep quiet so that we know exactly because we can tell that it's ringing from. This, this, this place. But where exactly is, and how come that when she moves, the sound moves? So they decided, is it <laughs> zone six? 
please, please. This table you are moving with the sound. Is it zone six? Is it zone five? Is it zone zone four? Is it zone three? Is it? <laughs> Look, and eventually they found out that it was ringing in zone one. Yeah, and you know, boys being boys. Once they realized that the phone was ringing in zone one, it was Christmas. So they took the girl, please come. They went to the, the, the next door. Please, our phone is missing. We can't find the phone. But when we ring it, we can hear it. But we don't know. Please help us. Then, please, let it, let it ring. Then this one will also come. Oh, come, please check where it's ringing at. The way it's ringing. I say, ah, zone, zone one. They say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then they take it to the next person. Like that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Look, at the end of the day, that girl, she had to stop the university. Because the whole school knew that she had stolen a phone. And the problem was not even that she had stolen a phone. It was also a problem. But where she put the phone? I mean, for the phone to go to <laughs> zone one, that was a serious one. <laughs> Hallelujah, put your hands together for the Lord. So if you have a problem, being honest, you get being honest gets you help. Gets you the right help that you need. Hallelujah. From to be honest. You see, we one of the things Christians or church members miss or forget is that we are we all have one problem or another. Even the pastor. Apart from Pastor Zolili, I mean the pastor, we all have a problem. One way or another. And God is helping us. So if you have be, be honest about it. Maybe you have a problem with anger. Be honest about it when it comes up. That's only when you can. Imagine you've gone to a doctor. And you don't want to tell the doctor the truth. They will end up giving you treatment for uh, mental problems. But the problem is stomach problems. Do, do, do you understand? So they just say that to you, then you are calm. But meanwhile, you have some acute pain in your belly. Do you get it? So it's the same way we treat our Christian like that. We, have, we all have problems. Now, when those things are, instead of being honest about it and say, this is my challenge, this is my shortcoming, this is what I struggle with. Please, I need help so that you can get help. We rather go into denial. I know so many people who are in perhaps a clinical stage of denial. Not just denial, but clinical and medical stage of denial. Yeah. You, like, they deny the obvious. That's why I say it's not just denial, but clinical stage which need medical diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a guy doing something recently. I was asked my opinion. I said, it's a, it's a, it, it, it's a mental case. But because it has not been clinically diagnosed, you, you will not agree. But I give you like one year, you will see that it's a mental case. You watch and see. After one year, somebody called me and said, no, 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 no. I think this one, we need to take this, this, this guy to the hospital. You, are, you see, <laughs> like, you see when, when a child has a mental problem, we call it hyperactive. Hyper, so he's just hyper. He's having a, medical, a mental situation, but we call it hyper. When he grows a little, you say, ah, no, it's a mental problem. It's not hyper anymore. It's not sugar. Don't blame lollipops. It's not a sugar rush. It's a problem. So let's be honest. It will help us to grow. Somebody say amen. amen. Say a nice amen. amen. Good. So first John, my time is flying. Principle number three. When you go and read first John chapter one, verse five to seven. Okay. Principle number three. After you are born again, you become established by putting away wickedness from your life. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of righteousness shall not be moved. Wickedness. Any man who is into wickedness shall not be established. Principle number four. After you are born again, you become established by listening to those who have been Christians before you. By listening to those who have been Christians 
before you. It helps with your establishment. Romans 1.11, Paul says, I long to see you. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts. To the end that ye may be established. By the grace of God, I've been a Christian longer than some of you. I won't assume because some of you are in the Bible. Do you get at least more than some of you? Some too have been Christians longer than I've been. I don't know, but it's possible. I don't rule out, I mean, I don't rule out that fact. But I'm saying, as I minister to you and as I come to you and preach to you, it's leading to your establishment. Listen. By listening to them. So anytime you come to church, you have an opportunity for somebody who has been around longer than you. Being around longer than you just means that I have seen certain things you perhaps have not seen. It's like a girl child not listening to the mother. No, it has been around longer than you have been. Seen certain things. Even try, try things, try to do things that didn't work for her. And based on the fact that she did them and it didn't work for her, she's advising you and say, oh no, your time is past. Or, or even the annoying one is that you look at the, the mother's state. Do you get it? The fact that maybe she has not succeeded to assume that she doesn't have a right to advise you on the subject. No, you are the cause of the suffering failure. Yes, you popped up at a time where she was about to break through. And because of you, she had to change the course of her life. At a time where she should have perhaps been a student and pursue her education even a little further. Me do her masters, do this, do a doctorate and everything. Then you popped up. Not, I'm not even talking about teenage pregnancy or you get pregnant at 19 and a half, which is also teenage pregnancy anyway. But not, I'm not even talking about that. But some have had to, some mothers have had, had to give up their plans because suddenly they had to start a family. So they gave up their plan. The plan was to do this, study this, do this, do this. But suddenly it's like, we have to start a family. So I must put a hold to, I've done my first degree, but I can't pursue you to do my, my second degree. And then had a child, then you came. So the course of her life altered and changed. And then you, when you have come, because you are just in UKZ10, speaking UKZ10 English, now the same person who has been a mother before you are coming and has, what is the proof of her success? That she's mothered you to UKZ10. Mattered you to UKZ10. You say, oh, you, what do you know? We, or even we say, oh, I'm a guy. She's a woman. She doesn't understand um, men's things. The absence of your father has not deterred her from looking after you to get to a thing that you can even express yourself. That is actually the proof of her success or what she has done. I say, oh, no, I won't listen. I'll do whatever I like. I'll do whatever I like. My father told me many years ago, don't waste your time with girls. When I was writing, my, before I wrote my house in grade 10, he said, don't, don't, there are a lot of girls in the university. These matric girls, they are below your standard. Just get to the university. You will see exotic, assorted girls like biscuits. I said, really? Okay. I decided, me and girls, we don't have anything in common. I wrote the matric. When I passed, I was going to the university. That same, my father comes and my son, I didn't tell you the whole story. <laughs> Let me tell you something. As you have gone to the university, don't waste your time with girls. Take your time. You find one and you go forward with it. That, that will, it will define your life. I said, really? Okay, thank you very much. And to the glory of God, the only person I've been in a relationship with is my wife. <laughs> yeah. First beloved, first love, first everything. Yeah, I don't feel I've lost any. When I look at some of these bad boys who were bad from the days of Adam, and then they, I mean, it's like they're, they're in the company of Goliath, of Gath, Samson, <laughs> and all these, I mean, Syria, biblical bad boys. I don't feel jealous. Yeah, I don't feel jealous. Even some of them, their wives are complaining about their strength now, right now. Principle number... <laughs> So as we speak to you, it's leading to your establishment. I see you being established.
principle number five. After you are born again, you become established by taking good decisions. The king by judgment establishes the land. He that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. The king by judgment, which is by good decisions. Establishment comes by good decisions. Good decisions. To be, to be established in anything you are doing, whether it's business, whether it's your Christian life, whether you must become, you must take good decisions. If you are doing business, I mean, some of you have sacked some of the people you have employed. You will see, to even sack them and pay them, after that, just pay them for free. You will be surprised. You will be making more profit. Yes. Their presence at the workplace perhaps is costing you more. I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Look, one guy, um, somebody met the mother in town one of the times and asked them, How oh, how's your son? He said, oh, he's very well. Now he's an usher. So he's very rich. Yeah, yeah, he's an usher in church. So he's very rich. I said, ah, how do ashes become rich? By stealing the offerings. That's how he had become rich. Don't you think this church, the church in question, not this church, the church in question, the church will be more established by sacking this usher and even paying the usher. So, we, so there was a raid of the ashes house. Went to the room, envelopes, different envelopes from church, dollars, pounds, euros. All in the guy's room. That's why the mother said, oh, now he's very, he's very rich. He's an usher. That's why when we take offering, don't let the offering basket go out of our sight. Yeah, we trust all the ashes, but let's trust you within biblical proportions. When I'm, I'm watching everybody. Last week I saw that the offering basket, because the place was, you know what I mean, they were trying to go into. I said, hey, if the people want to give, they should come inside and give. Don't take the basket to that place. It will cost us more. Even if the people there say they won't come, so they won't give. It, it will save us more than the basket going there. That's why we say everybody, if as much as you can give online, just give straight into the bank account. The money doesn't exchange hands. No, no, no. Good decisions. Some of you must take good decisions about your Christian life. That from today, I'll miss church again. From today, I'll read my Bible every day. Good decisions. From today, I'll listen to unbeliever music again. When you listen to unbeliever music, all this your unbeliever music, you listen, a spirit is being transferred to you. Ezekiel 2, the Bible says, as we walked and we talked, the spirit entered into me. Anybody who talks to you, one, says two things to you, the words that are coming out of their mouth and the spirit of the words that are coming out of their mouth. So Jesus says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit inside. So as you sit down, you are listening to Galagacha, 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 woo, woo, woo. A spirit is going in. What does Galagacha even mean? It means what? Top dog. Spirit is entering into you. Yeah. A spirit is entering into you. Take a decision. It's okay. I've listened to it for 19 years. I've not become a musician. Maybe I should stop now and listen to spiritual music that will help feed my spirit and feed my soul. Yeah. Good decisions. You are in a relationship. It's going nowhere. We all know it's going nowhere. How do we know it's going nowhere? It's been five years. It has still gone nowhere. It's going nowhere slowly. The time to take the decision to check out is now. Before a pregnancy makes you check out. An unwanted one. This advice to have stopped giving it because as soon as I give it, people don't obey. It's like trying as a pastor not to feed people's disobedience. Do you see it? Uh-huh. Not to, as like, not to worsen situations. Because what happens is that, like, we all know it's going nowhere. When we give you the advice to break it up, what will happen is that 
if you are not able to break it up. You don't want to have that discussion. So anytime you see me coming this way, you go that way. Because you know when you come, one way or another, one thing will lead to another, and then I'll ask that. What are going? Do you see? And you can't say cool things are going. So then, at the end of the day, it will be my time. Principle number six, I'm almost closing. After you are born again, you become established by valuing your salvation. You become established by valuing, placing value on your salvation. Placing value on your salvation. First Peter, second Peter 2, 1 and 1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, one and one, two, one and one. Second Peter 1 verse 1. To them that have obtained like the same kind of precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Your salvation is precious. If you value it, you will work at keeping it. If you don't value it, what will happen is anything you don't value, you just treat it anyhow. You don't do what it needs to keep it. You don't do what it needs, what it needs to protect it. Hallelujah. But when you value something, oh, think about the things you value. How much you protect them. How much you do to keep them. For you to be established, you must value your salvation. One of the greatest things that happened to you or will happen to you or has happened to you is you being saved. So Paul, Peter describes that those who have obtained the same kind of precious faith, like this faith we are talking about is precious. Precious, same kind of precious faith. When you value it, you fight for it. It's not always easy to, 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 to come to church. It's not always easy. Like, it's just easy. We are just walking in. It's not like that. Never. There'll be pressures. As you walk with God, there'll be difficulties. There'll be challenges. There'll be disappointments. I, I, I just heard recently, a few, a few, a few, or recently, a couple who have been trying to have a baby after about five years of marriage or so. Five years, five years of marriage and the baby incoming. And they, they, they now say, God has disappointed them. Yeah, God has disappointed. There'll be challenges. There'll be disappointments. Things, a disappointment is something you are hoping for that doesn't happen the way you hoped for it. There'll be pressures. You do things that work. You also do things that will not work. Now, it's part of the Christian life. Sometimes you are up. Sometimes you are down. Sometimes when you wake up, the tongues begin to flow from your belly. It's like you have not even decided to pray. You start here. It's like it's bubbling within you. Sometimes you wake up, you are dry. For you to start praying, you need something to stir you up. Yeah. It's part of the Christian life. But if you value your Christian life, you will fight for it. Anything you value, you fight for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a caption not so long ago. The guy was saying that the guy was looking for somebody to marry. He said, I'm looking for somebody who will fight for me. Not somebody who's just in love with me, but somebody who will fight to keep me. Fight to keep me. A lady came to see me about her brother, and she was talking. I said, Oh, look, this brother is a very serious brother. I asked, I, saw, I said to the lady, I hear you are in love. She said, me? I said, oh, yeah. So, no, somebody, somebody, I hear somebody's in love with me. I said, really? Then I said, oh, you know something? I wouldn't advise you to be in such a relationship. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even advise the guy to be in a relationship with you. Because, I mean, you hear. I mean, you feel that good. Really? I wouldn't even. I told, I told the guy, I would speak to the guy. I advise him not to. Be in a relationship with God. You don't love him that much. Yeah. So, pastor, you see, you know people pretend a lot. As a pastor, the greatest number of people I've seen are people who pretend. 
if you put people into 10 categories, the largest group that I know are pretend. So, oh, Pastor, you see, I was afraid of what you said. I don't know why you always think that we don't want you to get into a relationship. So how do we expect you to marry? I mean, we are not into arranged marriages, so we are not Indians. So how do we expect you to marry if we don't want you to be in a relationship? That's very pathetic, and that's unfortunate for us. That's the mind you have. Like This is a, a very bad mind you have concerning us. That we don't want you to be in a relationship. Then how then do we expect you to marry? So I, I was afraid you would say no. I said, oh, some, if, if a love that you are not willing to fight for, you are afraid of, you are not ready for it. I told the girl, the brother is so precious to me, I wouldn't condemn him. The word I used was, I would not condemn him into this type of relationship. I need somebody who's crazy about him, ready to fight for him, ready to die for him. That's the type of girl I need for this guy. Yeah, not a... I hear, I hear, so stop this, your drama, and let, 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 don't waste my time. Yeah, this melodrama. No, 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 please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you see, I, then, then she started to change the, the, oh, I really, you see, Bishop, I love him. I, I said, what, what, you are operating at 50 50. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Hallelujah. Principle number seven. After you are born again, you become established by understanding the principles in the word of God. Number seven, by understanding the principles in the word of God. Matthew, Matthew 3, Matthew 13, verse 23, the Bible said, But he had received, he that received the seed in a good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Hallelujah. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he had established the heavens. Proverbs 3:19. Proverbs 24:3. The Bible says, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. The more understanding you gain in something, the more established you become in it. And if you gain understanding into the word of God, you'll become more established as a Christian. The Bible is heavy laden and full of the teachings, the principles, the doctrines, the beliefs, the cultures of the word of God. God's rules for life. God's principles for life. The Bible is God's guide for life and our relationship with it. The more understanding we gain in it, understanding into salvation, understanding into fruitfulness, understanding into peculiar life, understanding into spiritual growth, understanding into supernatural life, the more understanding we get, the more established we become in the faith. May you be established in the faith in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's bring this service to a close. Oh, if you are clapping, clap in English. Lift your hands, let me pray with you. Father, thanks a million for everybody gathered here. I pray for a special grace of establishment to come upon them. We give you praise, we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Anything that makes them wobble, anything that makes them shake, Anything that brings uncertainty and instability into their lives, I curse it now in the name of Jesus. Let them value their salvation. Let them gain more understanding into the word of God. And let these ones be permanent, stable, established in the faith. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wonderful. You can put your hands together for the Lord. You hear you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell when I die. The last place I want to go in my life is to go to hell. I do not want to go to hell when I die. If you are here like that, I want to pray with you quickly as we bring the service to a close. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. If you are here like that, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want you to just lift up your right hand quietly. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Pastor, 
please pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If you are here like that, just from the comfort of your seat, lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to go. If your hand is lifted up, I want you to come to me. I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand. Please come to me. Just come to me. Don't be afraid. Just come to me. Come, come, come. I'll pray with you. Don't be afraid. My brother over there, just come. Don't be afraid. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You lifted up your hand. Don't worry. We all did it. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. To me, I'll pray with you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, it's your prayer. I'm just helping you to pray. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. Oh, pray it out. I'm it's just between me, they are just helping you. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Father, thank you for these ones. Bless them, keep them, wash them with blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Look at me, please, just a second. You see the lady over there? She has a special she wants to give to you. Then you can come back to your seat. Okay? Is that fine with you? Good. Please just go with her. She'll give it to you. And then you'll come back. Please appreciate them as we round up. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information... Contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.